broadcasting live out of a basement in Appleton, Wisconsin. You're tuned in to Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. For the show that gives you an opportunity to call in and be a part of the show. Our call in line is 920-358-0795. Core. Today I'd like to welcome our special guests. They formed almost a decade ago, and this Appleton-based band recently released a single called Pissing in the Wishing Well. Uh, the track appears on the upcoming album Glass Pastures. It's going to be released on October 20th. I'd like to welcome Dusk to Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. How are you guys today? Good. Good. Thanks, Andy. Hi. So this is the technically the most microphones I've ever had set up. I'm a little <laughs> nervous about how it's all going to work out, but so far, so good. Awesome. Uh, congratulations, first of all, because when you guys released that video, it's been, what, about... Three years since your four years since your last release. Yeah. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably about four years. We take our time. <laughs> I was trying to nail down with like what kind of uh, genre you guys are, and I know you've heard the debate before. Is it country rock? Is it kind of pop country rock? Ooh, pop country. Is it seventies seventies inspired rock? Like, how do you guys? Kind of categorize your your own band. If somebody asked you, "Hey, what kind of style is Dusk?" Julia. Well, I tried to get. Well, I usually just say country rock and roll, but I was trying to push country rock and roll and soul for a while, but it didn't stick. So it's just country rock and roll now. How about crock and soul? Crock and soul? I don't. I don't know about cracks. If we should oh, brand ourselves with cracks. <laughs> Bog rock. Unless they pay. Bog rock. Yeah. Wetland rock. That's what it was. Oh yeah, wetland. Yeah, wetland. That rock. sounds like panpipes and yeah. kilts to me. I made up the term power twang a while back, and people just keep using it. So. I like it. Yeah. It's catchy. Yeah. yeah. Power twang. Yeah. Power twang. Let's go back to when Dusk started. I believe it was started just kind of messing around with soul covers. Yeah, it was like Julia and Colin, Wildy, and I. Colin uh, has a has a project called Black Thumb. He lives in California now, but he played drums for us for quite a while. And we were just uh, kind of messing around with uh, covers and inviting people over and uh, to record demos with us. And Riley was one of those people, and we wrote some songs together and eventually played a show. And then after that show, Tyler jumped on board. And, uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, years down the road, we did a tour on our first record, and Ridley was our um, was our roadie, manager. road was dog, our, yeah, road manager. <laughs> and uh, you know, was there any feeling when this project? Because you were fresh off of uh, Tenement's Predator, Predatory Headlights album, which. I mean, it was right during the end of that, or right after it, it came out. I think we started recording demos around the time I was working on that record so it was just kind of like a way to get away from that record was to mess around with other another kind of music instead of punk music did you have any for me personally did you have any inkling that this would be a project that would be playing shows and be putting out full albums no i don't think we had any ambition at all we were just kind of messing around having fun yeah because you put out a, a like a album of demos didn't you Mm-hmm. Or was that after you released the the two sweet single? Oh, I don't know. Actually, that's it was good... before. Yeah, okay. we we did a whole demo thing. Yeah, I remember. So maybe at that point it was like we'll just put this out and get it out there and see what happens, or put it out there and stop, or keep doing other things. I don't even know if it was. I think we were just having fun, kind of. You know, yeah. it wasn't really a let's see, let's see what happens kind of thing. It was just like let's do this thing and have a good time. Then it turned into something much more. Yeah, you know, when we made our first album, I feel like then we got in our heads about it and we're like, we gotta produce this thing, and then it turned into a real thing, kind of in a way, instead of just like a casual good time. <laughs> kind of go ahead a bit. You put out the single too sweet, and that got just a. A really good response. Um, what, what, like, kind of who who wrote that song? Amos wrote it. Amos wrote that song. <laughs> like that, the night before we recorded it, just because we were we were recording two songs for a single that someone wanted uh, to put out, 
Forward Records wanted. And we needed we needed two songs, but we didn't have them. So I just, you know, record. I wrote a couple songs. Before. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> That's so what bad. you get. <laughs> I, I was wondering about that because you guys kind of are all inputting as far as songwriting and I didn't know if you like sort of sang the songs that you wrote so I figured well that must be a, a Julia song then if she's singing the, the lead on it but that's it's interesting so you wrote it when you wrote it did you have in mind Julia singing it uh I yeah. can't I can't remember yeah we actually I was gonna sing both the songs on that seven inch but then um Bored Recluse is the b-side and it just made more sense for Amos to sing it like with the song how it sounded so yeah i yeah i think i did i recorded a demo of me singing too sweet but you know originally when i was writing it i had in mind that nrbq song um do you feel it i don't know if you, you're familiar with nrbq at all but it's just kind of mm-hmm. like a them chanting do you feel it over and over again so it, was, it, it felt like more of an instrumental to me but once like it really came together it became an actual song yeah i think for how fresh those songs were thinking about it that we were like all all in the basement we we're kind of spending a while like figuring out n- not not only like just like uh the instrumentation but like the arrangement of of the song um it really kind of was like um it felt like more just like pe- like pieces pieces of a song so that mm. was that was pretty fun yeah um, i think that yeah that's kind of the thing with this band is even if you know someone writes a song we generally arrange it all together and it turns into something new so i mean that song would not have been what it is with if i had just written and recorded it myself so yeah and then you did a, a video for that song which i mean I, I think the response for the video is really good as well if, if you had a signature song would you say that was the signature song for you guys hmm that was like the first hit song, I think. The first hit. <laughs> the yeah. first hit. So a lot of people, I mean, like, yeah, Pitchfork reviewed it, and the video was a lot of fun. At that point, I wasn't even on the, on the signal for the recording. <laughs> Amos had played the steel guitar solo, so it was just, I was basically just playing Amos in the video. <laughs> <laughs> and it was And it was done during a weekday. And uh, my previous job, it was like I had to be to work at like seven. So after that happened, where I I wasn't in that video, then I was like, I, I, whatever it takes, like I'll make sure to to be there for for all for all future videos because that lasts forever. And that was our first interaction with Finn because like I don't even remember we were like, oh, we want to make a video, but we don't we don't know anybody who makes videos and we don't necessarily want to do it ourselves. And I was like, well, I think I heard about this guy that's like going to Lawrence and like I took a class with his mom when I went to Lawrence and I'm pretty sure he like makes videos and he's like friends with Riley and Forrest Bricko and he's kind of a weird, crazy guy, you know? <laughs> and then so I just like called him up and I think we like met at like the Lawrence cafeteria and like talked about it and then he came over to our house and did it in one night and that was the start of Finn, Finn doing most of our videos. <laughs> or maybe all of them. His his work is amazing. Like that that video turned out great. And one thing I really like about the the videos that Finn does is that he incorporates a lot of like the community into the video and your latest video like pissing in a wishing well there's lots of shots downtown and that's a lot of your other videos as well he can kind of pick out spots that he uses i think that's kind of a a cool thing for you guys yeah uh do you have any input as far like when finn comes to you guys or when you guys go to finn to do a video do you sort of give him an idea or just let him hear the song and let him run with it well, yeah. <laughs> he always wants an idea, but I think he wants inspiration more than anything. And so we kind of have this understanding that's like, we're going to give him an idea. It'll turn into Finn's, <laughs> Finn's vision, which is going to be incredible, you know. So it doesn't matter whether it's like the idea that we initially had in our head or not, because he's so good at what he does. That's going to turn into something awesome either way. That There was one, I don't remember what video, but I think you've got the drums in the, uh, like a kind of a lake or a oh yeah spot and and in like this marsh area yeah yeah we we had to walk 
It was up up north. We had to walk all of the all, the entire drum set. We had to walk like a mile and a half into this into these woods to get this to this little bridge where he wanted to shoot us. <laughs> and we just kind of crawled into this like long grassy area and set up the drums on like this pile of dirt and like there was we didn't realize until the end of the shot that there was like a wasp nest right next to me yeah. and we just got really lucky that nothing bad happened so these tyler mentioned like the coming and making sure you're there for the shoot so the two sweet video was done in a day but there's lots of like these videos aren't just somebody's just sitting there with you know their store-bought camcorder and shooting something at least i don't think it is like these are like really big like normally you guys are in some big scene there's you know you guys are in a barn you guys are on a in a big stage or or something so is it kind of nice to have a, a band of people that get together to show up and spend a whole day doing these videos and it's not like well I, i'm available for 20 minutes on saturday around noon if you know you, you can quickly film unless there is somebody in the band like that <laughs> Yeah, no, we under we understand. Like, I mean, it, through through the recording process, uh, that there's a lot of time to a lot of time it takes to flush out ideas, to put together a song, to record a song, layering parts, and so when when we're making a video and Finn has to do you know eight to ten takes where it's he's changing out lenses he's doing a full band shot then it's individual shots and it would be best if you know it's like if julia's being filmed that amos and i still play even though it's not being focused just in case like you know we're caught it's the same feeling of like the camaraderie of it, it takes time to, to put it together like um it's never an easy process. So, um, you know, it's, it's pretty cool that, that we're all, that we're all patient and that, you know, we, that we hang out we understand what it takes to, to make something like that. How, how important do you feel music videos are today? I mean, like the MTV is not a big thing. Do you <laughs> feel like the, the music video is still an important kind of a promo piece for a band to do? Music videos are more important than ever. <laughs> I was like, I think you're doing a Frank. I can't tell what Frank would, I don't know what Frank would say about that. Yeah. He'd probably say, the music video died in 1987. <laughs> I don't know. I think, uh, I, I don't know that I should speak about the relevance maybe, but as someone who grew up mostly like watching music videos on YouTube and stuff, like sort of like post television era for me, but it's still fun. Like I still watch new ones and you know, I think people do the same. It, it probably keeps people in front, like listening to the, the whole song because normally, yeah. you know, if it's if the visuals and Finn's really good with visuals, it's kind of interesting being interesting to you. You'll keep watching it. Maybe you know, that song will get stuck in your head. Yeah, yeah, stick through the whole thing instead of just a little bit on Spotify or something, maybe. I, I don't know of another band in Appleton, and correct me if I'm wrong, that does the the amount and the quality of videos that, that you guys do, and collectively as a whole, out of, like, Crutch of Memory. Like, you, you mm -hmm. all have your different projects, and you're all, like, I know Boy Howdy has put out some videos and the wishbone breakers and Julia had a, a great solo album out last year. And Amos, you had a solo album Ridley, I know you've got projects and Tyler, right? Uh, <laughs> I write songs, okay. but no, I mean, dust, dust for me is the only project. Yeah. Ridley. Same thing. Yeah. Kind of. I got some stuff in the oven, you know, but <laughs> dude, really Ridley just put out a music video. Ooh. Oh yeah, Do yeah. Explain. I did a cover. I did a, a cover of uh, "Boys of Summer" by Don Henley with my friend Fez, who lives Eagles. in Minneapolis. Yeah, Don Henley from the Eagles. <laughs> um, yeah, it's on YouTube and Bandcamp. It's a sweet music video. Yeah. Yep. Did uh, Finn do that one too? 
No, I didn't. No, you did. <laughs> <laughs> or we, yeah, we filmed ourselves doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about uh, the uh, the full album you guys put out. So you did the demos, you did the singles, and then you put out a full album. That at that point you knew it was pretty serious, or this band was going to be like, a, you know, a big thing of your time. You're going to be putting a lot of time into this band. Amos, at any point did you think that this might sort of put Tenement on the side burner? Um, I don't know. I don't think I really thought about that at that point. It was just like another thing I was doing that I was really uh, interested in doing. So I was willing to like split my time between the two. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much of an answer to that. <laughs> I mean, and I know the the rest of the the people here. They, I think most of Riley, you've done stuff with Tenement, haven't you? Mm-hmm. And I know Julia. I mm-hmm. saw the big piece of your tambourine fly fly off at uh, a music event once. And almost saved me. Ty, yeah, Tyler's <laughs> played in Tenement a bunch of times. He, uh, you know, he so played like, guitar in it for a while, played in bass for a while. So, so I mean, the bands are pretty in, intermingled in a way. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. We did a tour together as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys like pulling double duty? It was fun. I, I I like doing that kind of thing, you know. So not only are you guys good with the music videos, but you also tour a lot, which I think sets you apart from bands in the Fox Cities. Uh, you're actually going out and hit, hitting the road. When you're on the road, what do you notice about the, the scene in, the, in these other towns versus the scene in the Fox Cities? Hmm. It's the same everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Same shit, different day. <laughs> no, it, it, there's, I mean, there's like nuances and differences and obviously big cities are, you know, different from small towns, but there is kind of, because of there, there's like a DIY kind of culture throughout the United States, it feels like you're kind of part of a big community of bands, you know, and it's like sometimes it's similar genres or it's more punk leaning or... But, like, people who are just involved in DIY music, it feels like it's kind of a big, like, national community. So, usually we are, like, seeing friends from that community when we're touring and stuff like that. But, yeah, every scene's a little different, but also a little the same. (laughs) And we've done tours where it's more, like, DIY-focused, and then other tours where we're the supporting band on a more uh, established, like, tour in bigger venues and it's just I'd say like the difference between those kinds of tours is is more uh, noticeable because we're like there's less interaction with the audience on those like bigger stages you know so I'd say like that that vibe is different but overall it's uh it's one long winding road (laughs) (laughs) And you guys, you guys put out High Country Skyway in 2020. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. I guess so. so. I mean, that's like that's <laughs> the last few years have been a blur. That's COVID territory. So yeah. I mean, did you have most of that album done when that kind of oh, yeah. hit? When did we record that? 2018 or something? Yeah. So it was nice you had that to, to put out, kind of during the lull, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and that video where we had to haul the drums forever was we did that during covid so it was like all outside partially because we like didn't want to be like <laughs> inside around each other yeah and during that time amos put out acid rain right yeah uh, yeah did anybody else do any projects during during that period i don't know when you're recording better out than in julia we did yeah we did we finished it up then it, we started it before it was already like started when the pandemic hit, but we finished it then. But I, um, I made some puppet stuff during COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's <laughs> when Boy Howdy was born as well. Yeah, I was gonna say. Out of nice. the flames. Yeah. Out of the flames. <laughs> yeah. I've been watching Rose. Rose. <laughs> How long was was Boy Howdy like in the back of your mind to start something like that? I, I think it it came about because Dusk is not country enough for me. You know? <laughs> So. Oh, and boy, Howdy is the the king of country, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's great. So, it's the dollar bin king of country. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you've got a a bin at uh, the print shop, right? You still have that? No. Oh, you don't have that no. anymore. 
I'm bummer. retired. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bummer. <laughs> he was just making too many dollars. It was. But there's plenty of vintage clothing at lovely <laughs> located at a mono print house on Wisconsin Avenue. And <laughs> so this, the, how long does it take to do a Dusk album? Like, can you take me through the process of, of like writing the music, sharing the music, collaborating on the music, recording the music, releasing the music? Pandemic during the music. <laughs> yeah, it can take anywhere from 24 hours to hundreds of thousands of hours, depending yeah. on the, the, uh, the song. Well, let's focus on Glass Pastures. So <laughs> when did you start working on the material for Glass Pastures? Well, that was like, so in twenty in November of 2019, we, we went on tour with uh, Screaming Females. And then we're like, we had, I think we had mostly written all the songs that we were going to start working on for Glass Pastures. And we like had this whole schedule. We like made like a whole plan. We're like, all right, we're going to do overdubs, underdubs. And, and then, <laughs> then, then COVID happened. And so then obviously it was just like kind of, took forever but like the material was like ready so then we started rehearsing during covid we were like having these like mask on rehearsals um and then we like basically made a new plan um so we there's a lot of discussion about uh whether to to pick songs to record um for an album or to rehearse or rehearse and record everything that we had and then choose the songs um, to make an album. So, you know, everybody combining songs together, I think it was somewhere between 26 to 28 songs. Um, So rehearsing all that material and then recording it and then overdubbing for all those songs. It was, uh, it took a lot of time. Um, the first record, the first record that we made, it, the songs, the song, like the set amount of songs were kind of like from the start had an idea. So that, that was a lot quicker. Kind of. Still That's, took a while. That still took, took a long yeah, yeah. Yeah. But maybe, <laughs> but maybe like through the process of like overdubs is, um, you know, different, different sessions like that, it kind of stretched out Hmm. when when you you, when you're doing it yourself like and you have the ability to make all the choices that you know nobody is trying to put a a time frame on it you can you can really you can go forever um and we're we're lucky that we we released it (laughs) (laughs) you know some we somehow got it got it done and out so well, that was a big shift from the first record was all oh, um, single tracking, except for like maybe like drums and guitar was done together. Everything else was overdubbed. And then so we really wanted to like capture our live sound for Glass Pastures. So we structured a whole like session where we've filled up our house at Crutch Memory. And um, re- that's why we had rehearsed so much so that we could do all live tracking um, other than vocals, and then so we added vocals later, and like some pedal seal stuff. But yeah, we've got a question here. Oh, uh, you're on the air with Dusk. What's your question? Hi, I was wondering if you could describe like an inspiring moment you experienced related to your music. So maybe it was a moment that inspired you to write a song, or maybe it was an experience that you had performing at a show or connecting with a fan. Mm. So there's a song that I wrote on the next record based on a tour we did. When was that tour? Um, 2016? Yeah, 17? I don't know. So we're out out in California. Oh, yeah. We're going to visit my friend who lived in the mountains and... He didn't really give us a clear idea on how far into the mountains he, he lived. So. He lived on a weed farm on the, what county is that? Montgomery County, whatever, where all those <laughs> no, weed farms are. Not. In Northern County, California. <laughs> so we get the address and we're creeping up this mountain and we're like looking at the signs for the grade and it just like, keep, the percentage just keeps going up and up and up. 
and we finally get there, and we spend the night, and then as we're coming back down the mountain the next day, we're winding through like the redwood forest, and someone who was driving with us was just like going way too fast, and like we're like all getting sick in the car, and we finally get to the end of the mountain, and our brakes are just like smoking, and the van, we're just like, okay, we gotta stop, give the van a break, and we get out of the car, and I hear Amos go, oh shit, oh shit, somebody give me some water, <laughs> and the brakes are just on fire. And yeah. then it broke our brake line, and we're in the middle of nowhere with no service. And so we had to send Amos and Julia walking to try and hitch a ride to the nearest town. And we were, like, stuck in 100 degrees in the shade. like. And we had poured most of the water on the brakes, so they were just <laughs> The stuck. only liquid to consume <laughs> was, like, a 30 rack of rolling rock. And the nearest town was 30 miles away. So we were, like... Prepared to start walking in this like hundred degree heat, but yeah, I, I went out, I went into the out into the road and stuck my thumb yeah, out. Thumbs up. Yeah, and and uh, some guy pulled over and you know, was nice up. I talked to him from like you know about ten feet away. He you know kind of just had this frightful look, and uh, yeah, we told him the situation and and he was like, well, who wait who want who would come with me? And I'd be like, those two. And he kind of looked over at Amos and Julia, and he was like, okay, all right. <laughs> so. Whoa. Yeah, so they got in and, and drove off. and Oh, because what it looked like, the GPS was kind of, was kind of, like, awful, that it looked like that there was a town that was, like, eight miles away. And I said to the guy, I was like, yeah, we need a, we need a ride to... Like this town, he's like, no, no, no. There's not a town for thirty miles. Um, but yeah, so he took Amos and Julia, and then and then we were hanging out, just hanging out in the van, like. Thought that was it. With no contact with us, right? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Hoping we made just it back. Just no phone yeah. service, just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. Zero phone service, and a cop drove by at one point, going up the mountain from where we just came, and was like, "Are you guys gonna be okay out here?" Like, yeah. he's like, "You guys, are, you guys got water." I think it was like about, was it 104, 105 or something? It was a really, a really hot He's day. like, well, be safe. I got to go this way. I'll check back in an hour. Well, he, he was like, you guys have water? And they're like, not really that much. And he's like, okay, well, it's kind of the end of my shift. So. <laughs> and I'll, yeah, he never came back. I just also want to say that I was the one driving down this mountain and the brakes completely failed. And that's why we stopped is I rolled the van to a stop got out and saw that there were flames shooting out from our wheel. <laughs> and, and we didn't know anything about this mountain we were on. Like, the night before when we were going up it, it was like, we didn't even know we were going up a mountain until things started to get foggy and cold. <laughs> and we are like, where are we? You know? And I'm like, whoa, Fitz lives at the top of a mountain? We wouldn't have came here, maybe. Because <laughs> we, we were trying to decide whether to... Stay, stay with him, or to camp in the redwoods. But we didn't actually have tents. But and we know. tried to camp, but then some dude like really did some creepy shit to us, like in the redwoods. And so we just kept going. Yeah, we had a very strange interaction. And hey, and that's in the song so, too. Right? So Riley, so and so, and so yeah, Riley Mace and like <laughs> roaches and muscle milk <laughs> yeah yeah so riley wrote uh, a fantastic song about <laughs> about that that about whole experience side. yeah about on october 20th <laughs> <laughs> let's uh <laughs> appreciate the question that's quite the story so that that's great <laughs> if, if you've got a question you can call 920-358-0795 do you guys pretty much rely on uh gps when you're going from spot to spot and has like google maps or whatever you use ever led you completely out of the way like do you trust google maps 100 percent? we're more of a ways band <laughs> are we a little we bit were. that's a little you know <laughs> we've experimented yeah we've experimented yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah i mean it's I'm, fine yeah, it's yeah. Good. <laughs> well one time i did just type in ottawa like the town and so then i forgot to like change it to the location so then all of a sudden we're driving and we just get to like downtown ottawa like the center of town and i was like yeah it says we're here and then i just i'm like this is weird we're just like in this kind of like but then you know 
Then I typed in the address and it was all good. We usually get to the gig. <laughs> yeah, we get there just fine. Oh, yeah, and I know Boy Howdy gets to the gig. Yeah. From, uh, is that <laughs> Cowboy Key? can. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, exactly. So when, when you guys are, are going on these tours, are you doing it in a, in a van and then staying at houses? Do you do hotels? Like, what's the typical? And if we have friends, we stay with friends, yeah. or we make friends, or we... Find a hotel. Yeah. We try to be economical. Yeah, yeah. yeah we try. Houses That's are key. ideal. Yeah. Riley asked some random lady who came to a show in in, <laughs> in South Dakota yeah. uh, if we could stay at her house, and she was kind of like, "Yeah." And then we go to her house, and it's like a McMansion, and she's like oh. got like a doctor for a husband, and <laughs> but she was super nice, and she made us waffles the next morning. I don't yeah. think she was like super sincere in her offer yeah and, uh, yeah. No, we, took we, were, we were desperate yes, at the end of the night so i was like hey you still think you could put us up and she's like oh uh yeah i, I think so <laughs> so people nice, people are pretty kind when you're when you're on yeah. the road yeah they can be and they can't be <laughs> I, I remember when uh riley and ridley were on for darn it and they were talking about i think jake and ridley were talking about riley how he'd wait in the van until after everybody was coming out of the gas station, and then he'd go in and then come out with like this weird food. Like, I mean, do you guys have when you're touring around with six people, do you just tour around with the, the band, or are there extra people you bring with to like do merch or whatever? It's nice to have an extra person, but I, the, I feel like so far the only extra person we brought was Ridley <laughs> when our record came out. But we might bring an extra person on this tour. So the van is big yeah. enough for the people and the equipment? Well, the, the uh, van, van that we're you know looking for yeah. buying, yeah. If, if we could have someone nice call in with an offer for a 15-passenger van. That would be low mileage. fantastic, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I've seen I've seen GoFundMe's for like less lesser things, like <laughs> laptops and things like that. I mean, would you ever consider a, a GoFundMe for something like that? I never thought about it. That's a good idea, though. Or yeah. is it GoFundMe? There's or is it a Kickstarter? Kickstarter, Kickstarter. Yeah, I don't think you get the money Indiegogo. if you don't make it. No, though. I've got an idea. It's this new van that runs only on rock and roll. <laughs> Ooh. The higher the decibels, the Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you're right, you're right. You looked at my plans. <laughs> so you guys have a whole other album of material that's not even going to be released on Glass Pastures. It's going in the vault. In the yes. vault. So, oh, it's lock and tight. key. <laughs> yeah. So it's stuff that's probably going to be released someday. Post-mortem, yeah. Maybe. Post-mortem. Yeah, post-mortem after we all die <laughs> in on a... this tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like Prince's vault. That's what I was kind of thinking. Oh, oh. Where, where did the title <laughs> Glass Pastures come from, and what does it mean? <laughs> it came from a three-hour brainstorming session. Over Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we wanted something... I feel like we wanted something that just sort of... Uh, inexplicably captured the feeling of the album <laughs> you know which is sometimes kind of hard to zone in on those kinds of like creative choices so we spent a lot of time just sort of like throwing stuff around that we thought felt like the record but also sounded good and kind of evoked a certain feeling and we ended up uh Ranked choice voting on the title. That's what came out the end. Do you remember what some of the other options were? Yeah, ham, ham pleasures. Oh, ham pleasures. <laughs> That's not a real one. Ham pleasures. We talked yeah. about it a lot. Well, <laughs> I don't. That's the funny thing is, Glass Pastures was not my vote. I had a different one that I was like, "This one's awesome," and now I like can't remember it. And the t album is just like Glass Pastures to me. <laughs> Hmm. So it worked. Ranked choice voting works. Should implement in all 50 states. Does Dusk get uh, political? I mean, is that something you guys feel comfortable doing? <laughs> Getting political? Yeah, I know you have in the past a little bit, but I mean, is, is activism something you guys are passionate about? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think we all, all our, or a lot of our songs have, you know, it's like our, you know, we state opinions about. Yeah, some, some kind of vaguely. Yeah. Yeah, we're political wimps. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like being like just subtle about stuff sometimes can 
yeah. can be good too. So that's subliminal. That's kind of a like a a way to go about it is being subtle and not in your face, and mm-hmm. sometimes you get your point across better that way. Yeah. 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 So so the glass pastors title came about, and then you guys did that picture, which looks like it's out on, is that Lake Winnebago, or where was that taken? Lake Winnebago. I know you've got a soft spot for Lake Winnebago, don't you, Amos? Me? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I like it fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I grew up in Nina, so it's in my blood, kind of. So you guys knew when you were going out there that you're going to do the album cover, or was that something that just came about, you guys were just playing around on Lake Winnebago and thought, hey, let's take a picture, and then, well, that picture looks great. We were no. ass fishing. <laughs> yeah, we, were, we was ass fishing. <laughs> I mean, the, the album name is, it just basically means Frozen Lake. And what? so, <laughs> well, yeah, it's what? All, uh, you know, we're like, <laughs> we what can we do with this? I think Ridley wants his boat back. We got a comment, I don't know, it says, you guys... It's from Tony. He said you guys could do a, a sweet photo of all your glasses stacked up. I don't know if that's like an idea. If Tony's doing some artistic suggestions for things. Glasses wall? I'm thinking like your glasses. I think that's what uh, he's talking oh. about. But yeah, Julia doesn't have glasses. Yeah, sorry, Tony. I have perfect vision. <laughs> well, thanks for the comment. That wasn't really a question. Yeah, thanks but for the comment. Uh, Walt had a question. Walt had a question Walt yesterday. No, no. This, oh. was from, this was from yesterday. And it was already... <laughs> he, he posted it. It was... Uh, the question was... Why? <laughs> nice. Walt had a question. Why? Yeah, I, you know, I think I saw that and I was trying to think of what that meant. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, why? Why indeed, Walt? Is Walt ever going to be in Dusk? No. Walt wasn't. Walt, Walt played on our first record. That's true. He did play on our first album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Already in he Dusk. He made that sweet, sweet Dusk money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we had yeah. which is zero dollars. <laughs> yeah, we had a, f- a few different people um, play play on the first record because that was still kind of the feeling of that it was like more more of a recording. Um, but I don't I don't know I don't know if I guess if it was still like a recording project it would more felt like a col- like a collaboration like the that the doors were open for that and then I think just as time went on that. There's more. Yeah, we got we got enough people to cover it. We don't need to. Call the Waltz of the world yeah. can stay home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like I think I think we got enough guitar players in the band to cover acoustic tracks and such on the record. So, but but it was but it was great. It was great to have um, all the additional people that played on that first album. Chris Gold played on it. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't. And I Ben DeCorsi from Holy Shaboygan. Yeah. Is Holy Sheboygan still going? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll never die. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. I, I was going to ask if Bill was here. I was going to pressure Amos and Bill like about Car City. Oh, it, boy. I mean, that's something I know you guys have stuff recorded, too. How much stuff, how many songs do you have from various projects collectively that you could release today? Oh, and quick, quick shout out to Bill. Bill was sick. We're, we're, we feel bad for Bill. Hope he gets better soon. He will in the future, obviously. He has he, a cold. He yeah. will get better. <laughs> He's doing. <all> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have faith that he'll get better. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I have nothing that could just be released today. I don't think. I have <laughs> maybe two hundred songs. Two hundred? Probably. <laughs> Dude, you've been holding down short on short ones. <laughs> short ones. Yeah, I got lots of little ideas. Tyler has a bunch of songs, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sitting on I'm sitting on like ten right now. When you're writing these songs, two hundred. <laughs> yeah, who's got two hundred? <laughs> ten, two hundred. You're like ten, huh? Cool. Yeah. Try times twenty. <laughs> well, so Tyler, when you're like writing songs, are you thinking this might be a good fit for Dusk? Or you, it sounds like you kind of hide them away for yourself for later. <laughs> there is, I mean, there is like a my mind. <laughs> yeah, there's always there's always the potential for it. Um, I just kind of kind of write the way that I I write, and I think about like the possibility of. I mean, you can I mean, you could change the the style of a song just by the instrumentation. So 
um, it's it's quite it's quite possible to make any any song a dusk song. Yeah. So. Fair enough. I mean, we had a new metal song we cut from this album. We that's did. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's right. That's right. That's is that's a serious that's a serious story. You had a new metal song. Yeah, I can yeah. show it to you. I can show it to you. <laughs> Off the air. I'll send it to you. Crutch of Memory, you guys are doing some cool stuff there, and you've been for a while. You, you, is, is Crutch of Memory something that you guys like to keep sort of contained to to friends, or you don't publicly like put it out there? Like you can record, you know, come to me, we'll record you. You've done projects with like Tim Tim Buchanan, right there in house where Dusk is sort of the the backup band, and then releasing an album that way but can you tell me a little bit about crutch of memory what made you decide to to start that and kind of what it is what it has kind of developed into since its original inception is it different um yeah i don't know it's just kind of our way of like instead of just solely focusing on like um our own music you know projects where like it involves our own egos like bringing in other people and working with them like collaboratively to create things with other people you know and uh i don't know just a way to do something new i think and so we just kind of do it when we can in a way yeah i don't know know when you're working with somebody like tim are you helping him with songwriting or you're just adding on with Tim, it was it was kind of unique with Tim because we, you know, when we recorded that, it was kind of just like it wasn't really we didn't know what we were gonna do with it quite yet. It was kind of like he played a show in town at the draw. He played like an acoustic show, and I was watching him, and I was like, you know, we could, you know, you could come back to our studio later tonight, and you could just play us again, and I'll record you, you know. And so we did that because I thought it would sound cool in our live room, and. Then he organized the next day he wanted Dusk to like back him up on a song in our studio. So we had all this material, and we're like, well, why don't we just release it? And that became the first Crutch of Memory thing. So it didn't really, that didn't really go with like the conceptual model we had in mind, but it was kind of our way of just like putting something out and learning how to do it. So, yeah. And you've got a, a full-blown studio at the space and that I think probably gives you a little bit more creative freedom if you've got an idea you can go record it right away and, and demo things yeah yeah I and mean, I know you've done projects like Eric Krieger yeah right so I mean is that something you're going to do more of at Crutch of Memory I'll see you in time permits or energy or whatever like you know people have, you know there are some things on the calendar right now that people have gotten a hold of me but it's it's nothing I'm keeping a secret, but it's just kind of like word of mouth under the table, you know, get a hold of me. Well, I suppose if you get too busy with that, it'll start squeezing time away from the other projects. And before you know it, you're going to be a kind of recording engineer full time. And yeah, it's not really my goal. Right. <laughs> we put out books, too, because Chloe yeah. Allen's involved. And so that's the way it's changed in the past few years is that Chloe has been putting out her like kind of bastards reviews and is going to be doing some zines and other books and stuff. So that's a cool new part of our label that I like. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Literary. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So like, where would people get like access to this stuff? Would it be purchased online? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or like we usually bring some to shows like the books and stuff. Yeah. And Chloe's doing like a zine thing with Amano uh in october i think it's when we're on tour so we can't go but they're gonna like have some like zine workshop so yeah i don't know stay tuned for that i I love it when you guys decorate the storefront Mm. the window like you know during winter like santa you know like different (laughs) things in there who's doing the the window decorating mostly us yeah we just do it together uh yeah it's really time consuming, so we haven't been able to do it lately. But... It's so hard. We've spent like days and days and days on it. Yeah. I've like, always loved <laughs> sorry. I've always loved window dressing. 
I've always been fascinated with it, you know, like the classic stuff at the like Macy's in New York and whatever. So, you know, when we got those big picture windows, it was always kind of a dream of ours to like fill them up with things. But you don't realize how much work it is just to fill those tiny windows with something that's like visually arresting from the road or even from the sidewalk. So, you know, we 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 literally spend weeks making those things sometimes, and we have to put everything else down while we're doing it. So. Do you get people stop stopping in, like thinking it's a music store in there or some kind of I store? Have people ha- I have had people ask me on the street whether our studio is a music store. Yeah. <laughs> and but you... pe- one time a trucker referred to it as the Puppet Factory. Oh. Or, or somebody was like walking by and he's like, I'm walking by the Puppet Factory. <laughs> right, right. No, I was upstairs and I heard him. He was on, he was on his cell phone walking past our studio and, and I heard him... S- Say, yeah, I'm walking past the puppet factory. <laughs> uh, pri- there's like nice uh, curtains for for those those windows, but at a, at a point, we were we were practicing in the space prior to those curtains, and people would like walk by and see us practicing, and they would just stop and just watch us. And I think, if I remember, it wasn't a, a family. One day, I was walking by, they had like a, a young daughter where. Um, we like stopped the song, and we like, she was just really excited about it that we like let we let them let them in. Oh and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah so they like came into the space, and then uh-huh. we played another song. It was that was pretty cute. People were pretty fascinated. Um, yeah, by it's just like what what seems to be like a different or, or unique thing. So, um. Yeah, having those big windows for recording sessions that's, that face the street, it's it's a very unique thing, and it, it, it lends a dynamic to recording sometimes, or like rehearsing, that you are kind of on display, and people do walk by, and they stand in front of the windows and watch sometimes, or like, they'll give you a thumbs up or whatever, you know, and and even like, just like, you can hear the sounds of the street beyond the windows, and... Uh, it changes, it kind of changes the way you record and the way you approach everything in a way. And it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's flawed, but it's, it's interesting. I think, I think flaws like that force people to kind of innovate and do things they wouldn't normally do if it was a completely isolated studio too, you know? So. It's a vibe. Yeah, it's a vibe. Exactly. That's a, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) A lot, of, a lot of trains on the album if you listen hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's that story about Elvis recording at, I don't remember what, what studio it is in Memphis, but it's, on the, it's the exact same situation as, as what we're in, where it's on, the corner of, it's on the corner of a street where semis pass constantly. And, you know, if a semi drove by and was too loud, they'd have to stop the take and start it over again. And it was a bunch of guys in one room, similar to ours. You know, it's a... And, I do think it changes the way people interact with each other, the way they interact with the room, and the way the whole recording moves along, and it makes it unique for those reasons. I wrote down Riley's uh, "It's a Vibe" thing. That's a good good title too. That that should be on a list somewhere. <laughs> Bumper stickers and T-shirts. You had you had Boris the Sprinkler record an album there too, which yeah, is yeah. pretty cool. I mean, yeah. that how did, were you a fan of Boris growing up? Um, yeah, like, I was, I was, uh, kind of, it was a band that I knew mostly from punk cops, and I knew that they were from around here, but it was a little, like, when they were playing a lot, it was a little before my time, so, so, it wasn't, like, something that was really ingrained in me, but it was, like, you had a lot of respect for them, because they were, like, the elders of this area, you know, so it was, like, pretty exciting to, like, you know, hang out with those guys and get to know them, and, yeah, it was cool. Joe Steinhardt, who owns Don Giovanni, is like a huge Boris the Sprinkler fan, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, dude, you know, like, <laughs> asking me, you know, play-by-plays of what was going on. <laughs> Can you guys each tell me something that, besides music, something that you like to do, a hobby, something you like to do when you're not doing music? Tyler, we can start with you if you're ready. Uh, sure. Um... I guess I've been getting into to biking more. Uh, I live in Madison, and and the bike trails are are fantastic. Um, so trying to uh, in the past couple of years of like 
trying to gain distance with with the rides and be out for a few hours at a time and um i had i had a uh, a road bike where the it's, uh, people are gonna call me bluff and be like bullshit. He doesn't know anything about bikes, but um, <laughs> gear, the gear shifters uh, like were like on down on the frame, and so it was just kind of you know a situation of like pedaling through because uh, it was just weird to to shift down. But uh, I think last year I got myself a, a decent trek that had the shifters on top, and then so being able to change gears like going up and down hills and uh it's yeah it's a great way to to spend a morning an afternoon it's fantastic i mean also you know fortunate that madison is accommodating in that sense that they uh, prioritize that to some degree so julia <laughs> <laughs> well um I mean, I have, I do lots of stuff all the time, but I guess one thing, one particular obsession, lifelong obsession I've had is food. That's a big one for me. So I like to, yeah. I like to garden, but I also like to cook and, um, yeah, some, some people out there may know me f uh, from my role as the award winning, um, <laughs> chef at Harmony Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> now i just cook for myself and my friends but it was my birthday last weekend and i had a big eggplant parmesan feast yeah, it was pretty it was, fun it was amazing so good. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, i like uh i like um looking in for records <laughs> like finding the dirtiest the dirtiest most uh you know deprived buildings full of junk that i can and finding records it's something that's instantly gratifying whereas music is often a struggle to like get to the point that you want to that you feel satisfied with it but when i'm out digging for records it's just it's bliss just feels good. What's your biggest find? Oh man, you know, last summer I this is it's just it was just a very special thing. There was a uh, barn in Hobart that this guy this guy's dad died and he had this humongous record collection. It was it was and he was really bad at advertising this he didn't really have a very good ad on the internet, but I found it somehow. And it was, he was selling, it was a buck a record. And there were hundreds of thousands of records in this barn. And he was just going up there every weekend and trying to clear out this barn. He was basically like, you want to come look at these records? I'll be here every weekend. So every weekend I would go there, probably nine hours a day, and get up on a ladder like, the shelves went up, like, 15 feet, and I was just on a ladder all day digging through boxes of records, and I don't remember the last time I was happier. <laughs> How many records did you end up buying? Overall? I probably, over the course of the summer, maybe bought 1,500 records or so. Yeah. Were there a lot of other people in the barn when you were there? No, there's occasionally a person or two, uh, but it was mostly just me and this guy, and listening to bad country music on his little radio and digging through records and it was it was fantastic that's <laughs> my idea of a good time and then i woke up <laughs> i have that dream a lot but that one was real ridley what's your passion when you're not doing music um i've a lot of different things too, but um, I think the one that I'll choose to share is dice. <laughs> I like dice. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a lot of uh, different colors and shapes of die, and um, you know, big ones, little ones. Um, I have an ottoman that's in the shape of a die. <laughs> Riley got me this giant wooden die, like, chest once. It's like a toy chest. Yeah. We unfortunately had to let that one go when we moved, but... 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it just at some point I started getting interested in the way that uh, chance kind of plays into my creativity in an intriguing way. Um, just sort of like submitting to the unknown of reality, you know. And I think that's kind of where I started getting interested in dice. But I also just think they look cool and they're fun to have. Yes. Yes. The gambler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Riley? I play a lot of Magic the Gathering. Uh, right now I have a commander deck from the new Lord of the Rings uh, <laughs> crossover set. Frodo and Sam partner commander, black, white, green, uh, food, hobbits based. And so if uh, anyone wants to play some magic sometime, get a hold of me. Your brother Jake's into that too, isn't he? Oh, we, we all grew up. All the Crow brothers are into that? 15 plus years of Magic the Gathering. Very cool. So I, I learned some stuff. Biking, food, records I knew about <laughs> dice and uh, magic. That's cool. So... What's the the song? We're kind of starting to run out of time here, but is there one song off Class Pastors that was the easiest to record and which one was the hardest and why? The why is the hard part. The why is kind of the mystery. Walt's what? Maybe that's what Walt was wondering about. Oh, my God. <laughs> the why! <laughs> that's, that's the why. Why? Ridley really has a song called Incredible Edible Egg, and I think that was the easiest song. And it mm. came together really yeah. easy, and it sounds Just. great. Sounds great, yeah. And who knows why? <laughs> yeah, you guys who were talking why? talking about how like different songs of ours can be adapted to be duck, Dusk songs. I like what? Well, you said just duck said songs. Duck on accident. Duck songs. Sorry. Does Ridley sing um, on the Incredible Edible Egg? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was a song I wrote that was kind of more of like a slower, like waltzy ballad kind of thing, and we just turned it into this picking like bluegrass kind of song. And yeah, it just sort of came together in this fun, easy way. Yeah. yeah. The hardest song was. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they were probably pretty, one of the ones that didn't hard. end up on the record, right? I don't probably. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There was one song we played to a drum machine. And we had to, and the drum machine is analog, and it was fluctuating in tempo ever so slightly <laughs> throughout the track. So we had to like click and drag to get Amos's drums to line up with, with the, the electronic drums. So that was like that a tedious process. Yeah. Well, and we also and we also kind of made a di- like uh, an editing decision to to that song because we we jam like had a jam out. Uh, for for a long time, and then trying to shorten that a bit, and then realizing that like the fluctuation uh, was was a big problem as well for that. Mm. Uh, yeah. Is there uh, any? Well, Amos, you're doing most of the engineering, correct? Uh, we kind of split it on here, but I did a I did a lot of footwork with the the mixing. Okay, uh, so. Since everybody's sort of helping out with with that aspect and everybody's writing songs, kind of based on past projects, does that make this band a little easier to work with versus doing like a majority of the songwriting? Uh, no, no. I think I think it's hard. It's always hard when you have to compromise. I think that's what people have a problem with. You know, people have trouble compromising on things, and it makes everything hard doesn't make it worse but it makes it hard <laughs> but it makes it fun and good too. it can be fun but it is hard it's a challenge <clears throat> it is uh, definitely a challenge it's a unique aspect of dusk where we don't have a leader like a single leader which is fun and challenging you know? <laughs> and frustrating yeah. i hate it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i'm taking charge <laughs> Oh no! Boy, howdy, is it I'd the like ducks. to. I'm proud to announce. Ducks. <laughs> is there a place in Appleton that, like, that you guys recommend? That place that you really love to play at? Place you love to support? We love Misfits. Yeah, yeah Misfits. Holly at Misfits rocks. She's she's 
open. She's really supportive of bands, and she's open to weird ideas. And she facilitated an all-ages show in the parking lot, even though she's just a bar. Like, she, like by just a bar, I mean she doesn't, like, serve food or, like, it's not an all-ages space. But she, like, made room for it and just was down to do yeah. it. It was really cool. She's Pat, great. Yeah, Misfits Rules. Mm-hmm. John Adams is also awesome. Yeah. And his, like, when the draw was doing shows, it was great. And he's always supportive in any way that he can. Yeah, yeah. John Adams is super uh, welcoming for us. Hunan won. Hunan won! Yeah. <laughs> great place to eat. This uh, this last question is one I actually got from Julia uh, for a band reaction, and I just love it. I just love this question. Like I, I've used it a lot. Each of you guys, what are you the most proud of? <laughs> that, is a, life? that is like a question I would say. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> but it's like such a great question because right. it's like, what are you the most proud of? I mean, with as it pertains to Dusk. Yeah. Mm. What are we most proud of in Dusk? Oh, boy. I am proud. I mean, I'll just go first. <laughs> um, <laughs> <only fair. laughs> I am proud. We were talking about how hard it is to be collaborative. And it and it is really hard. And it takes twice as long to do anything. Because, you know, you got to talk about it. And I feel like we've, you know, had times where it's frustrating and times where it's easy and... I think we've gotten a lot closer because of it, and I'm really proud of our, uh, you know, I'm really proud of us for doing it and what we've come up with, even though we decided to make it harder and more challenging. I mean, that's really the way I feel, too. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like, it, what we're doing is really hard. Like No, no I know. No I mean, that's what I'm saying I'm yeah, proud of. Yeah, no one is taking charge, you know. It's like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So collectively, or Tyler's thinking, I can tell. No, it, I was thinking no, wheels I, on. Like, it it feels silly, but it's it's exactly the same. It's it. I feel I feel proud of the support that we give each other in this band. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, a lot of bands where people are kind of they're just they're in it just to go and play live shows, and it's like, hey, you just tell me what to do, like, and I I want to play, and I want to. I just want like attention uh for it or like i want to get i want to get paid you know i don't i don't like people don't really care like how well the band does it's just like just as long as i get 50 bucks or 100 bucks to come out and play the show um and this band is money money goes in money goes into the pot like uh and we make records that were you know we, we we sing songs we write songs and we and we support each other on all that and it's just uh it's a it's a wonderful experience to be to be part of that so I lied about my last question. Uh, this what's the the rollout process going to be for glass pastures? What do you guys have coming up to to promote it? What do you have coming out? What are you working on? What can we expect to see before the album comes out? And will there be an album release show? Oh, I forgot huh. about the album release show. <laughs> well, we're really proud of this record. We put a lot of time into it, and we think it's good. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the second video comes out tomorrow, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For the... Should we say what it is? Sure. It's the. It's called Dusk. <laughs> Our song, Dusk, our titular song, comes That's out right. tomorrow. And then we have another video coming out on, I want to say, I don't know. I shouldn't say. Oh, the, on October 20th, right? October 18th. Oh, okay. So a few days after the Sorry. album comes out. A few days before, yeah. Or before. Yeah. There will, be a, there will be a release show on October 18th in Appleton, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be great and good. And, uh, Where is that show taking place? That's that's oh, that's a great question. Yeah, somewhere really good. Somewhere really good <laughs> and great. So it's to be determined. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, that was good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like there's still some some finishing touches being put on the the rollout yet. That's how we roll. That is how we roll. <laughs> I mean, as far as the record is concerned, you know, stuff's on schedule. And yeah. Out. 
Yeah, the records, yeah, but, all scheduled out. Yeah, and we're going on tour mm-hmm. starting at that time. and then Is the tour all planned out? Yeah, yeah. So we, the release show will be the 18th in Appleton, and then the 19th we're in Minneapolis, uh, and that's the first day of our tour. How long is the tour going to last? It starts October 18th in Appleton and ends in Indianapolis on November 12th. Wow, that's a pretty lengthy pretty lengthy uh, tour there. Yeah. You got to bring it to the people, you know? <laughs> yeah. 